everybody i am your host fold sitting here with my brother from another mother mr steve apostolopoulos how are you my brother i feel good folks how about yourself doing good doing good we're back officially pumping pumping out the material that everybody's just craving and boy we got a good one tonight folks i see you're drinking gatorade over there i am i'm just you know getting drinking some gatorade i gotta stay uh we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight, so I got to keep the old uh, whistle wet, you know? A lot of folks that do podcasts, uh, they like a hot like a, a hot drink to keep their vocal cords warm, but I prefer an iced tea. Yeah, Steve's rocking the iced tea. Uh, I don't know. That wouldn't be... I don't, I don't think I would like a hot beverage. I, like, I need to chug something. Yeah, when I'm thirsty during a podcast, I want to be able to drink something fast and cold. Like my iced tea. If any of you are executives of a drink company out there and you want to sponsor us, you know how to get a hold of us. <laughs> Feel free. Yeah. But yeah, so we got a great podcast for you tonight. We're going to be getting into the nitty gritty. Um, we're going to be talking about a, a legend. And yeah, We're coming right out of our wheelhouse, man. This is subtle beast material right here. Oh, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to dive in. We're going to be talking a lot about some of you may know of a man named Phil Schneider. And the things that he is that he did come out uh, and tell tell the public, and he has a pretty incredible story. And we're going to cover it all. Um, there might be some times where we're going to overlap a couple things, but it's just because we got more information to delve into than maybe just the little segments that were picked up here in the beginning. We've got a bunch of different uh, sources, a bunch of different stories, so. Stay tuned for this one, man. Yeah, sit back and relax and enjoy Phil Schneider and the Dulce Wars. Now, the Dulce Wars it was located at a place called the Dulce Base. It is the subject of theories claiming that a jointly operated human and alien underground facilities exist under Archuleta Mesa on the Colorado-New Mexico border near the town of Dulce, New Mexico in the U.S., Claims of alien activity there first arose from Albuquerque, Albuquerque, pardon me, businessman Paul Benowitz. Now, starting in 1979, Benowitz became convinced he was intercepting electronic communications from an alien spacecraft in installations outside of Albuquerque. Now, by the 1980s, he believed he had discovered a secret underground base near Dulce, populated by gray aliens and humans. The story spread rapidly within the UFO community, and by 1987, ufologist John Lear, whose father uh, started the Lear Jet, claimed he had independent confirmations of the base's existence. In 1988, the Weekly World News published a story entitled UFO Base Found in New Mexico, which claimed that the diabolical invaders from another solar system have set up a secret underground base in, a, in the rugged mountains of northern New Mexico so they can Shanghai human guinea pigs for bizarre genetic experiments. The Weekly World News story used supposed quotes from ufologist Leonard Stringfield as a source of its claims. 
Now, residents of Dulce claim to have seen UFOs, moving lights, and other unexplained sites in the area, which has little economic activity. Now, Giancarlo Apache Legislative Council President Ty Vicetti has embraced the notion of the Dulce base, partly in the push to stimulate tourism. In 2016, the town hosted the Dulce Base UFO Conference at a local hotel casino. So Dulce is a small town. Small town, about 3,000 people, I believe. Um, Out of those people, a lot of them had to have seen a lot of UFOs and moving lights and other strange things in that area. Sure. And then if in 2016 they hosted the first Dulce-based UFO conference at a casino, I bet that that probably doubled the size of the town just for like one day. I'm sure. People I'm coming sure. in, because I know that we used to go to concerts in small towns. and They would announce it. Yeah, that we were like, it yeah they went from like the you know 27th most popular city to the third most popular city in that state because of the crowds yeah and then we'd hear like how their tourism went up for just that weekend and stuff it was crazy but um so yeah so there's the there's the brief uh, introduction to uh, a little bit about what's going on in dulce new mexico but uh we're gonna get into the meat right now um let's see what do we want to cover i think we should cover go over a little bit of uh Phil Schneider. Yeah, I think Phil so. Phil Schneider's biography. That way, you know, people can get caught up that are unfamiliar with him. Uh, let's see. Now, Phil Schneider, he was born on April 23rd, 1947. He claimed to be an ex-government geologist and structural engineer who was involved in building underground military bases around the United States. He, ha he possessed a level three security clearance and to be one of only three people to have survived a deadly battle in which 66 American and NATO Delta Force soldiers were killed. This battle allegedly occurred in 1979 between gray aliens and U.S. military and NATO forces at an underground base at Dulce. Now, for the last two, for the last two years of his life, Schneider... His, his claims received little mainstream notice, but caused quite a buzz in the UFO enthusiast circles. Schneider was found dead in Wilsonville, Oregon apartment on January 17, 1996. He had apparently been dead for several days, or perhaps even up to a week, and reportedly had a rubber hose wrapped three times around his neck. Tim Swartz writes that the... The Clackamas County Coroner's Office initially attributed Phil Schneider's death to a stroke or heart attack. Some suggest Schneider was murdered supposedly because he was leaking information to the public. He, in fact, claimed to have avoided 13 murder attempts on his life. Which, in in uh, speeches that he's given, you know, they say in those, those last two years where he gave over 30 lectures, he actually says... If you ever find me dead. Yeah, he just comes out. He's like, if, if it comes out that I've committed suicide, I'm not doing that. So just know that, you know, I was whacked. Right. They got me. Yeah, because he, if you want to see his, uh, one of his um, talks in full, you can just go out to YouTube, type in Phil Schneider. It's, uh, it's from 1995, so the video is a bit grainy, but, you know, you get, you get the idea. And the video is just, he, he goes on for over an hour about everything that he personally experienced and... Nobody has come forward with any information to disprove his claims. And, and a lot of that, I mean, we're going to go over that in, in uh, depth right now. Right. But one of the key things is, is the missing fingers. Yeah. That part, uh, you know, it, it come, when you're watching it on TV, it's much more apparent that when he holds his hand up, it looks as if he lost fingers and 
his claim is that he lost fingers from a, a laser blast from one of the gray aliens. And it looks exactly like that. Right. It he looks exactly Carterized like and all that. Right. And it also it hit him in the body and he shows the, the laser wound and doctors confirmed that that's what it would look like if a laser hit skin. Right. And he had said that, you know, if some Delta Force member or some other um, military guy hadn't jumped in front of him and, you know, saved his life, that he would have been dead. But the guy that initially, you know, stepped in front of the fire and returned fire on the aliens, he died. And yeah, so only three people out of what they said, like. And Philip Schneider was a survivor out of those yeah. 66. Yeah. 66 people were killed. So a little background on uh, on Phil Schneider. Phil's parents were Oscar and Sally Schneider. Oscar Schneider was a captain in the United States Navy, worked in nuclear medicine, and helped design the first nuclear submarines. Captain Schneider was also part of Operation Crossroads, which was responsible for testing of nuclear weapons in the Pacific. Now, Schneider claims that his father discovered alien implants in the bodies of participants of the Philadelphia Experiment. If you want to know more about Philadelphia Experiment, we cover that in full. Just uh, look it up. And, and that one was a fun That was a fun podcast to do. Very informative. Very. I've gotten a lot of feedback. People that talk to me uh, consistently bring Philadelphia Experiment up. Yeah, that's, that's just one of those stories where, you know, people have heard it so many times that even if you're a skeptic, by now you're like, yeah, I think it probably happened. Yeah, something had to have happened. Yeah. Now, in a lecture videotaped May 95, Phil Schneider claimed that his father, Captain Otto Oscar, uh, was... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Captain Otto Oscar Schneider was ca- was a cap- captured Nazi U-boat commander who was then repatriated into U.S. Naval was involved with the infamous Philadelphia experiment and helped design the first U.S. nuclear submarine, the Nautilus, and also invented a high-speed camera which showed UFOs during the Bikini Atomic Test. So his dad was the real deal. I mean, his dad oh, yeah. really held these positions. I mean, the, he has all the credentials. His it can dad be was looked up. Integral, integral in the development of uh, atomic energy. Absolutely. So, um, well, what we should probably do is... Uh, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about Schneider and who he is and what his background is. Steve, why don't you tell us a bit about what what are he was he claiming that is the truth? Well, he's got a couple claims. Uh, one of them is is about they. <laughs> they. Yeah. You always hear people talk about of course. they. So they, uh, meaning apparently the secret black ops nexus of military, FBI, and other government agencies or rogue elements pertaining to the government, know all about the secret projects which he says he had a hand in, but they are sworn to secrecy. An oath Schneider claims to have broken by speaking about this in his involvements in these projects. He states in one of his other claims that there are 11 different races of extraterrestrial aliens that visit our planet all the time, all of which are known by the U.S. government. Four of these races are benevolent towards humans, and seven of them are bad news. But the, ne- the, the benevolent ones, the four races, have supposedly left. First are those from the Pleiades star cluster. Another race is from Orion, who were described as angelic in that they are incapable of doing harm. He also mentions a group or a race where an individual would be referred to as a Venetian. Yes. 
He says their speeches sound similar to a whale mixed with chirping noises. That's incredible. A whale mixed with chirping noises. Yeah. Who would make that up? I know. You can't. It's like this guy. You can't make that up. No. There, there are some aliens that look like humans. He says that a human-looking alien who is one of the aliens who has been working with the Pentagon for the last 58 years, his name is Val, Valiant Thor. Now, one of the claims that he makes here is that aliens use our glandular secretions as part of their food base. And in one lecture, I believe he said it was equivalent to a drug to them. Right. Similar to cocaine. He also claimed that the Russians created biological weapons with a 30-year shelf life that they extracted from the glandular secretions of alien cadavers. Whoa. And that the U.S. spent $38 billion to purchase this WMD from them. Jeez. Wow, that's pretty crazy. And and just to back up a little bit, um, when he, he's talking about uh, the Venusian uh, named Valiant Thor, uh, I think we talked about him on a previous podcast. Uh, I can't be 100% certain, but I'm very familiar with Valiant Thor. And basically, Valiant Thor was an alien who had claimed to come down from uh, Venus, hence the Venusian. And uh, he basically went between, uh, you know, the president of the United States and, you know, all, you know, world powers and basically said, look, we're willing to give you all kinds of super advanced technology in exchange for you got to do away with your nuclear program and there has to be world peace or there'll be no exchange. And Valiant Thor had been said coming out of those meetings that they literally just laughed in his face, which would make sense because no war has stopped. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's just ramping up. For one person to come down and, and say that, there's no way that the governments of the world would stop. Oh, I, I completely agree. Now, there is currently a war against Earth waged by aliens. There are alien spacecraft, and these are all comments um, from Schneider. There are alien spacecrafts, UFOs, flying saucers, which attack Earth and are shot down on a daily basis by our government. He shows pictures of an atomic explosion at Bikini Atoll and says that the black blobs in the picture are alien ships. Indeed, according to Schneider, the U.S. knew about an ancient alien base there, and that is why it was chosen for that particular test. About 6 million to 7 million human beings have been slaughtered by aliens at this present time, says Phil in his lecture at the preparedness... Oh, what was that? The oh, at the preparedness conference. So, let's see. Where are we going next here? Another of Schneider's claims of the alien agenda is to kill off from five-sixths to seven-eighths of the planet's population and completely take over by 2029. We're running out of time. Yeah. Now, the remnant human population would be reduced to the status of slaves. Schneider's ideas of the New World Order fascist state will be ruled by aliens, New World Order, and coincides with many people's suspicions of the Illuminati and the actual reptilian race that have long influenced human affairs. Another Subtle Beast podcast. Yes, indeed. He also is talking about stealth aircraft technology that originated from alien technology that uses elements beyond that known to Earth. Elements numbered 111 through 140, for example, which he claimed were stable. 
He called them the island of stability elements. He also said that it would take another 40 or 50 years for the public to obtain that kind of technology that's used in stealth aircraft. There's a video of Phil Schneider's lecture at the Preparedness Expo in November of 1955 on YouTube if you want to check that out. Uh, he also says that there are U.S. black budget projects, which he says cost trillions of dollars and garners one quarter of the entire gross national product of these United States. At least $1.023 trillion is used in black budget programs. And Donald Rumsfeld said that the day before 9-11, that they couldn't account for almost $2 trillion in the Pentagon. I think he may have also said that the UN plays a hand in funding these activities. He says the government workers involved in black projects make between 4000 and 40000 a month. <laughs> that that sounds like hush money to me right there. $40,000 a month, I'm not saying a word. No way. Man, I'd just be happy to know. <laughs> he essentially says that the reason most workers involved in black projects do not come out and spill the beans to the public is because the amount of money they make in combination with the alleged fact that they sign secrecy oaths, secrecy oaths before they are hired. Breaking their silence can result in prison or, as in Schneider's case, death. Yeah. Now, one of the government's black projects is the construction of some 131 underground bases. He's said to be in each state of the U.S. The worldwide total of underground bases stands, he says, at 1,477. He claims that since 1940, the U.S. has spent close to a quadrillion dollars building these underground bases. Specifically, he said there is 129 deep underground bases that were operational and two under construction. You were at Colorado Airport? Yes. There you go, one of the newer ones. Yes, yes, and yes, indeed, one of the bigger ones. He claims that the underground tunnels and bases were not drilled conventionally, but were excavated by a nuclear boring machine that literally melts and deflagrates the rock into dust. Dang. Right. And, you know, just to give you a, like, if you've never seen the machines that they use to, to, to drill out these huge caverns and bases, um, the the one that they're using for here, the best idea that I could give you is like picture the picture the front end of a locomotive, you know, where the conductor is, that train car. Picture that with an Air Force symbol on the front and the front of the door, um, pardon me, on the side, and the front is more like circular and just moves with high heat and high velocity. And they say that they can drill up to two miles a day using these. It's, it's crazy. Looks like the, the engine car of a locomotive. And it just digs holes. Now, there's a lot of people in this picture, but I don't think it takes a lot of people to operate that thing. No, I can't imagine that it would. And it's it is stamped with U.S. Air Force right on the side of it. Yeah, I mean, we have a picture. We're going to put it up on social media so you can see it as well, but it's a legit yeah, picture. it's definitely legit. So, I mean, what else? Do I, I mean, he still we still have more claims going on. Let's see what he says. Some aliens have colonized underground bases on Earth for at least 10,000 years. Which, you know, doesn't seem too hard to believe because if you think about, uh, if you have any knowledge of the Anunnaki or, you know, the stories of the aliens in Egypt, 10,000 years would be about right. But he said it can also go as long, they have been here, or um, the aliens have been here for as long as 500,000 years or more. Now, military technology is exceeding public technology at the rate of 44 to 45 years of technology for every calendar year the public sees. Blows me away. Wow. You know, I had heard before, you know, and, and with with some some people's research saying that, you know, we're like 100 years behind. Like it'd be the 50s. Yeah. But man, this 45 years to every one, let's say from 1947, 
I don't even know. That's a lot. Yeah, he goes on to do the math. It's over 1,200. Oh, go ahead. Take that then. Explain that. Right now, military technology is about 1,200 years more advanced than public state technology. Video of Phil Schneider's lecture of preparedness expo in 1995, he specifically noted that the technology makes Star Wars and Babylon 5 science fiction scenarios seem like kid stuff. Whoa. He describes an incident in Dulce, New Mexico in 1979, where as a geological engineer, he was deployed to help build an underground base for the U.S. government. But, he says, they encountered hostile aliens, which he calls large greys, and that he shot and killed two of them with his pistol. After which, he says, when reloading his weapon, another alien shot a radioactive blast at him, injuring him severely. He says it took many months to recover from the blast and that the physical repercussions from it have lasted ever since, such as losing the index and middle finger and part of the thumb on his left hand. He also said that this blast is what has caused his cancer. He also said that 66 Delta Force soldiers, both from U.S. and NATO countries, died that day in the underground base fighting with the the aliens, and only three survived, including himself. As for the other two survivors, he claims that they are somewhere in the United States and under close guard. Video of Phil Schneider's lecture at Post Falls, Idaho, on May of 1995, he then states that one of them is living in Canada. He also says that one supposedly cannot speak and one doesn't want to speak. Well, for obvious reasons. You know what happened to Phil. Yeah, and I mean, I'd almost be like, well, if I was one of those guys making 40000 a month, I'd be like, even after I'm retired, I'm going to still need that check. <laughs> I'm never saying anything. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean... And what I was thinking, I mean, with with 66 Delta Force soldiers from U.S. and NATO countries dying in this Dulce War, you just have to, I mean, there must have been 66 people's families that were contacted and been like, I'm sorry to tell you, but your son or daughter was killed in a training accident. It was a training op that went the wrong way. It always is. It's a training op. The mountains came up quick on them. Just but you know what? I mean, like if you were like a... If your son or daughter was one of those soldiers and they called you and they were, and let's say, for instance, you were a really religious family and they told you that, you might not even buy that. They'd be like, they're hiding something like even more classified. Like, well, he was killed in a war. Underground, aliens, but yeah, we can't tell you any more than that. I'd be like, well, yeah. You would want to know. Yeah, I mean. You, you probably just believe the training up. But you know what? I mean, they could they could tell them that. They could actually come out, you know, and really tell them the truth. And then they could turn around, you know, and do a press conference and everyone's like, government never told them that. Look at these people, you know? Right. They could bring them in and say, this is exactly what happened. Your son uh, died saving Phil Schneider. Um, you know, he gave his life for his country and then come out and say, it was training up that went the wrong way. Publicly say, you know, training up. Yeah, because, you know, our government will often feed you uh, some truths and then try and tell you, oh, we made a mistake. And uh, uh, one of the big key players in that is a guy named Richard Doty. And we're going to be talking about him tonight a little bit. So I'm not going to go any further with that because we'll we'll let that come up. So let's see. Let's see where we want to go here. Oh, yes. Let's see. Right here. 
Now, Schneider states, although it's not confirmed as fact, many would say that Schneider appears to have been murdered. A message from the ex-wife of Phil Schneider concerning his suspicious death. During his lectures, he claimed that he had 13 attempts on his life by government agencies trying to silence him. Given his untimely demise, it might plausibly be said that this is the most convincing of the reasons to consider Schneider's claims have been and always were true. So, yeah. And it, the, the claims are made, uh, are, are missing, only adds to the suspicious circumstances of his death. I mean, Schneider, of course, is only one of many deep state uh, whistleblowers <clears throat> uh, to die in unusual circumstances. Like we were mentioning in the beginning, Paul Benowitz, uh, another man, Danny Casalaro, William Cooper, and Jim Keith also met with untimely and suspicious <clears throat> deaths who are all involved within the, you know, the, the black projects of the government. So uh, this is some time back here, but uh, I would think now that now uh, there is different people that are involved in the deep state that would be pulling, not pulling the trigger, but, you know, giving. Oh, I, I totally agree. Because one thing that these people don't have to worry, they're always worried about coming forward. Now, granted, in some circumstances like Schneider, you should be. But everybody else that's involved in these projects, it's it. it, it it's completely illegal. It goes against constitutional everything. Anything that you're hiding from the president or from Congress is illegal, and these people can go to jail. So, I mean, if you come and speak out on it, you can get yourself immunity. Let's see what else. Um, Schneider's lectures are based on his claim that he obtained his information from having worked for the government as a geological as well as structural engineer with both military and aerospace applications. And that capacity worked to help build secret underground bases described as underground cities. In an intro to one of his lectures, he claims that he worked in black ops for 17 years. Video of Phil Schneider's lecture at the Preparedness Expo in, in November of 1995 can be found on the internet. Now, another of his claim, he shows a picture of his purported military security clearance. As for the original, he said it was ripped up and disposed of after quitting his quasi-military position. This was said to be a level three security clearance. Video of Phil Schneider's lecture at the Expo in November of 1995, all of this might be investigated to determine if the government has records of Philip Schneider as an employee or subcontractor for the government. There are those who would say, however, that even if he were not to be found with such records, that this could be explained by the idea that the secret government projects would not have their employees' records available to the public. I mean, anybody that's familiar with the whole Bob Lazar case, I mean, Bob's got his old, uh, he's got his old uh, phone books with his name in it. With all, so, I mean, he's got the proof. He's got his badge. Unfortunately, this guy doesn't, but they're trying to say Bob Lazar. Never, they even went as far as to wipe Bob Lazar's records from, um, from MIT. He's like, well, how did I get this diploma? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, sometimes they're just not thinking or, or, or the people that they're telling all this BS to are buying it, unfortunately. Why don't you uh, jump on in here, Stevie? One of his most spectacular claims is that there is a quasi-human looking alien who is one of the aliens who has been working with the Pentagon for the last 58 years. His name is Val Valiant Thor, which we had discussed correct in his lecture he points to a group picture taken in august 1943 in the ready room of the uss aldrich that includes his father leading atomic scientists and physicists at the time at the time varying experiments and this alien being 
Valiant. Valiant's in the picture. And there's pictures of Valiant on, on the internet. Yep, Take a look you can look him up and you can see him. In, in one of the photos, he's actually sitting there with Phil Schneider's father. Although this may seem to be an outrageous claim, it is nonetheless a very specific one and as such could potentially be investigated and verified as factual. Absolutely. Now, at his lecture, Schneider presents what appears to be physical evidence supporting his claims. Schneider presents four types of evidence. Classified photographs, fossils, alien metal ores or elements retrieved from the Dulce base. And, and, and this is in his own testimony. And in those, uh, in, the, in those 30 press conferences that he had, he has the... He has them there for the people to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So if you if you pull up any one of these conferences where he speaks at, he has them there. He holds them up, and he lets people come up and, and, and look at them with their own eyes. Now, I'm sure he's keeping a close eye on those because he's even thought that it, when uh, he, he was writing a book that he was going to release, and when he was doing one of these speeches, he said he kept noticing this one lady who would have questions, and he noticed her from lecture to lecture. And he believes that she was a CIA operative or part of the deep state, you know, just keeping an eye on him, asking him questions, just letting him know. Changing, her, changing her appearance. Yeah. She wore a wig to the one and then the next one didn't have the wig on. Exactly. But just kept asking him questions so that he would look at her and realize this is the same person that's going from one from place to place to place that's following me and asking me these questions. Yeah. And if anybody had said... I mean, if I if I was found in a room with a rubber hose wrapped around my three times, three times. I mean, to say it was what suicide or that it was congestive heart failure or if something. You, if you told me two weeks before that, if you find me dead, it's not suicide. Oh yeah, then that would definitely make me question whether or not that it was. Well, that's why his wife is, is she's not buying it because she knows all the information and he was probably always like, "Look, babe, it's not safe," but. If I show up dead, I definitely didn't kill myself or do whatever they said that I did. Yeah, like I'll get you out of it, but I might not be able to get myself out of it. Exactly. You know, so with moving on with that, uh, so covering Phil Schneider and just giving a little bit synopsis on some of the other players that are involved and that are coming forward with some of the truth, we're going to dive into some of the actual meat and potatoes of, uh, you know, that time that subterranean aliens killed... 60 plus people in New Mexico. Dulce, New Mexico is located right on the corner of Colorado and the New Mexico border. It's a quaint little town with a population just under 3,000. It's the tribal headquarters of the Jakira Apache Reservation. It's also alleged location of a secret underground alien base. Philip Schneider, an explosive engineer who worked for the U.S. government with high-level security clearance, claimed that in 1979, he participated in the building of a secret underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. It was here that a horrific battle played out, leaving 60 humans dead and countless subterranean aliens fighting for their life. Whoa. Schneider asserts that he was suspicious of the engineering operation while noticing the presence of Green Berets and Special Forces. His fears were realized after drilling underground, he came face to face with a seven-foot-tall, stinky, gray alien. I wonder, I mean, in in one of his speeches, he talks about that stinky, gray alien, and he said... 
if you can imagine the worst smelling garbage you ever smell in your life, he said it still didn't do it justice. And then you hear that all the time. And you do. At, you know, th- that's one of the common threads in between alien sightings is the smell that goes along with them. It sure is. If you, if any of you are like within the same age bracket as, as me and Steve, you might remember a great movie from the 80s called uh, The Last Starfighter. Um, and in that one, whenever the aliens came to Earth to, you know, kill the Beatty unit or whatever, I, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, there's no time for it. But they could always tell that the aliens were around just by this foul odor. And so, you know, it could it, it leads you to believe that, you know, maybe some of these stories, you know, are leaked out to uh, producers and, and movie. I mean, because that's just that's how they would try to you know, sensitize the public if they were ever going to reveal any of this, which I don't think the Dulce Wars is going to be on the top list of things to reveal. But it's something that a camera can't pick up. If you see a video or if you see a picture and there are alien craft or or if there is an actual picture of an alien, a picture won't do it justice. But actually being in front of an alien the smell is that that's that intangible thing that you're not going to get from a picture yeah exactly and you would think i mean i mean i can understand why you know he said he got shot in the chest and shot if you go down there not only you're gonna be like well there's an alien that smells really bad you're just gonna be almost frozen a seven foot gray alien that you're staring right at and you're hoping these delta force guys got your six right you're falling back on your training yeah uh i mean and, but that's the thing i mean philip schneider he wasn't even a soldier so i mean he must have been like oh my like he was aware of what was down there prior to going down but well listen to this part obviously right. he freaked out and grabbed his pistol he was carrying and he shot and killed two aliens another alien shot some laser plasma ball or whatever at him and blew off some of his fingers he was saved by a Green Beret who allegedly gave his life for him. In all, over 60 human people allegedly lost their lives that day at the alien-human battle of Dulce. Wow. Now, within there, there's a war under there, and it's been going on since that time, Schneider said. He spoke of 1,477 underground bases around the world, 129 of which were located in the United States each costing $17 billion or more. He said the black budget, hidden from the other U.S. government agencies and from the public, garners 25% of the gross national product. Military forces from multiple countries have been engaged in such warfare with aliens, he said. So then he goes on to give a, a very well-written like uh, planogram. Yeah, exactly. Um, of the Dulce base. Yeah, go ahead. If you want to give it a rundown of all the different levels. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, taking it from the top, you can see the mountains at the very top of the page that are supposedly on the ground level. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a small, it looks like a silo, a farm to one side. That It doesn't really look that out, outstanding. Right. And, it, the, and the silo, basically, they have it listed as the UFO entrance. That's how they actually fly in there. And it's also... That same cylinder is also used as as an elevator shaft. So taking the elevator down to the first floor is the security and communications area, which you would think the first floor should be. Yeah, you exactly. Down there, you get checked in. They make sure you have the right credentials. Uh, if you get down to level two, that's the human staff housing. Um, level three is where the execs and the labs are. 
So that's probably where you're going to spend a lot of your time doing your lab work. Right. Number four is the mind control experiments. Similar to like the Montauk project probably going on. Yeah, MK Ultra. Yeah. Uh, the fifth level is the alien housing. I don't want to go there. No, because imagine imagine if you just got there and they're like, you're restricted between the first and second floor. And you got down there and say, why does it say human staff housing versus just staff housing? Right. Uh, is there staff here that's not human? Uh, yeah. You don't, have, you don't have the credentials to know that. Yeah, don't ask those questions. Number six is the genetic experiments level. And number seven is the cryogenic storage area. Now, off to the side is an underground shuttle to Los Alamos. Right. And from different um, whistleblowers, they were saying that on level seven, the cryogenic storage is where that the aliens have um, human alien hybrids and different like hybrids like pigs and humans and all kinds of different kinds of crazy experiments that Indians that have lived out there in Dulce have said that they've seen for for many many years and they've even said we've seen like pig dogs and just all kinds of and i mean if there's something that you want to know about what's going on in that land ask the native americans they'll tell you also if you have any pictures of pig dogs or any type of yeah 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 i think i might have a couple of uh some of these uh different crossbred or any forms and if any of the listeners have any could you get them to me yeah yeah share them with us put them on our facebook or uh instagram page that would be that would be awesome Schneider became an outspoken advocate, calling for the government to be more transparent about their knowledge of alien life. He also believed people in the government were trying to shut him up. When he died by suicide, his supporters called it foul play. Political scientist Michael Burkham claimed that underground missile installations built during the Cold War may uh, led to, to numerous facts. Correct. And in 1999, the French government published a study concluding that the United States government has withheld evidence that the point to the existence of UFOs, the paper was entitled The UFO Defense, What Must We Be Prepared For? That's the French government. Yeah. And, and, and so if, you don't, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, you, you, know, you can't believe the French. The French were the first people and the only country at this time to have a... Uh, opened up their books on ufo and aliens and they've shared it with the people of france it was they're the president of france or whatever he goes by he he told the people of the of the ufo existence and the alien presence here on the planet but you know that 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 news media never made it outside of france i'm sure hey france gave us the statue of liberty hey they did they and they probably should have kept it for themselves <laughs> Now, Phil believed that there are seven benevolent alien species currently living on the Earth and four evil species, as we've mentioned prior. Now, the theory further suggests that the U.S. government has signed four treaties with the aliens. One in 1944, one in 1954, one in 1962, and one in 1979. The treaty in 1954 was signed between the government and a species of gray aliens. Now, Phil Schneider, as we've said, was just a government geologist engineer and arguably one of the most notorious figures in the world of ufology and extraterrestrial subjects. 
He, he worked for the U.S. government for years. He worked in the field of nuclear medicine, was involved in the Philadelphia experiment, as well as working for the government in building underground military bases. Phil was quiet about his work and his knowledge on extraterrestrials. However, after his death, after the death of his father in 1993 and the murder of his friend Ron Rummel, Phil decided to shed some light on uh, some of the most infamous topics in history, aliens. Yeah, man, they killed his best friend. Yeah, that, I mean, and he probably set was him thinking, over the edge. Yeah, not only was he hurt over his friend, but he was probably thinking, I need to protect myself somehow. So by coming out public speaking about it, maybe he was thinking, well, they won't come for me. Right, and his dad dying in 93, I don't think there was anything uh, really mysterious about his dad's no. death. But the murder of his friend, I think, is really what got to Phil. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that Phil has is the alien agenda. Arguably the most popular and known topic of Phil Schneider's is the alien agenda. The engineer conspired that the U.S. government knows about the alien agenda in 1933. According to other ufologists, aliens are supposed to take over the world in 2029. We said that date before. The first time I heard that date, I was like, that's not very long. No. That's 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. We said some dates last time. We were talking about the American Civil War and uh, Rome getting wiped off the face of the Yeah. Some things are happening, Fultz. Yes, they are. That's why we're here doing what we do. In his note, Schneider indicates that 16 UFO crashes took place between 1947 and 1952. From the crashes, the U.S. government recovered 117 alien bodies. Four were alive. Boom. The security of the extraterrestrials was handled by a special unit within the military. The unit was named the Blue Berets and was part of Project Pounce. Phil believed that there are seven benevolent alien species currently living on Earth and four evil species. The theory further suggests that the U.S. government signed the treaties that Fultz talked about in 44, 54, 62, and 79. Treaty of 54 was signed between the government and the Greys. Schneider believed that the goal of the secret military bodies was to protect the Earth from a likely alien invasion. He locates the home of of the alien bodies in Nebraska and claimed the U.S. government has piles of wrecked UFOs. Well. Phil went a step further, claiming in some private conversations that he was present at one meeting between high-level officials from the United Nations and an alien. The meeting took place in a facility with expensive meeting rooms. What does that mean, I wonder? Expensive, expensive meeting rooms. This must have looked so official. Gaudy, like gold. Yeah. Trump Towers. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, aside from the alien agenda, Phil Schneider's material can be broken down into five other theories. The Black Budget, the Dulce Wars, the Deep Underground Military Bases, or DUMS, or an Advanced Aircraft, and the New World Order. Now, from those, the New World Order is a theory that has several supporters. Now, according to this theory, power elites from all around the world will take over and enslave humanity into a dictatorship. The idea is that the New World Order will bring a one government that will rule everything. In such world, citizens from all around the world would have to hand over their freedom and liberties in exchange for protection against the terrorist threats. Phil stated that there are 107,200 prison boxcars built, and they can store more than 15 million individuals who refuse the cause. And this sounds like Nazi Germany. 
it, it sounds like a podcast we've already done. Yeah, seriously. We've done the New World Order, and it's very real. There are elitists out there that do want to control one government. Yeah, and uh, George Bush Sr., he said it in, uh, I think it was uh, September 11th of 1988, He because they love that date for something, because they use the synchronicity of different number of numerology in their like dark plans. We so played that George Bush Sr. live on this show. That's right, we did. So if you want to hear that, you can go back and uh, we play that whole New World Order speech that he we, made. We played that at the beginning of the 9-11, or yeah, of the 9-11. That's right, that's yep. right. So go check that out, because boy, is it creepy. Now, let's see. We said about, oh, so let's talk a little bit about the death of Phil Schneider. Okay. Uh, Phil died in, in January of 1996. Official cause for death was suicide. However, the events leading up to the death of Phil Schneider is what makes it controversial. In May of 1995, in his speech, Phil publicly talked about the alien agenda, the New World Order, the Black Budget, secret military bases, and much more. Following his death, neither the police, neither the medical examiners finished their investigation. Many people believe that he was a victim of his own freedom of speech. Definitely. His knowledge and his desire to be public and his indication that he would release his book with everything that he knows, all of his notes, photos, and manuscripts, and actually all of his notes and photos and manuscripts that he was going to put in, in that book after his death, all of those things were stolen. Yeah, and one of the things that I heard in one of his one of his talks was uh, it was two months prior to his death was that he had everything ready, and within two weeks that book was going off to the publisher. By the end of those two weeks, he was dead. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. Phil was found by his friend Al Pratt, who for several days suspected something was wrong. Uh, several days in a row, he went. Al went to the apartment of Mr. Schneider, saw the car down in the parking lot, but nobody answered the door. So five days into it, he decided to call the police, and they brought the manager to the building to enter the apartment, and there was the body of Phil Schneider lying there with a catheter cord wrapped around his neck three times. Jeez. Yeah. Tough. Tough ending for Phil. Yeah. So, I mean, my first question would be, I mean, did Phil use a catheter or did his wife use a catheter for anything? I'd be like, why is there a catheter in this in this house? That's a good question, folks. You know, Phil might have. He had that cancer. He was getting he was getting weak and feeble in his body. That's true. Could have definitely been something that would have been around his uh, around his house but not something that yeah true that he would have wrapped around his own neck three times yeah now let's see people are of course are always going to question well then was the dulce military based wars real or were they not well i mean we're giving you the the information and 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 all the information and the research that we've done so when that question arises basically you have to decide for yourself now the details surrounding the supposed dulce air force base wars prima fasce might seem absurd or the product of an eccentric imagination now examining the myriad of testimonies however especially those of local residents reveals undeniable evidence of strange occurrences now the secret subterranean military bases at mount archuleta is a highly cla- is is highly classified as Area 51. Funny enough, I looked up Area 51 on Google Maps yesterday, and it says uh, that it's no longer in use. That it's just a, an abandoned. No, they just took it underground <laughs> yeah. because now Google Earth is onto them. 
Now, it was allegedly inhabited by a battalion of gray aliens conducting depraved experiments on humans under the auspicious of the U.S. military. Eventually, paranoia and tensions ran high, resulting in a deadly firefight that exposed Dolce Base Level 7. Now, what, if any, proof corroborates this story in the accounts of the whistleblowers who supposedly work there? And what about the state trooper who found humanoid species in a mutilated cattle carcass resting in a nearby field? Within the Dolce's base's seven levels, Schneider had clearance to construct a system of tunnels under Secret Service supervision. One day while digging, he and his colleagues experienced technical difficulties, and that's when the uh, entire Dolce battle occurred. That was the day that 66 men from the U.S. and NATO lost their lives. During the battle, accounts alleged these aliens shot lasers from their chests, burning off some of Schneider's fingers and legs. Yeah, now he said what would happen, like that tall gray, he said he saw him, he kind of like waved his hand in front of his own chest, and then just this like this burning light or laser just fired out. He put his hand up to kind of block it. That took off the two or three fingers off of his hand and then went right into his chest. And he believes that that, you know, that supernatural force uh, then gave him cancer. Which is completely believable. Oh, sure. I mean, something from another alien system. Gosh, if a meteor crashes here on Earth, they got to, you know, quarantine, quarantine everything. Area, right. Now, there's a number of strange narratives related to the Dulce battle, including those from locals and law enforcement, attest to strange phenomena in the area. And all of the relevant names in this story are tied to each other in different ways, but everyone's experiencing different strange occurrences, most with dark outcomes. Now, after the alleged battle, Schneider dedicated his life to serving as a whistleblower. Good on him. Exposing the events that occurred during this time. There are videos of Schneider describing the experiments conducted deep underground by the by the greys on live humans. He said the human specimens were kept in liquid-filled capsules where the greys experimented with human DNA. Schneider said that the greys would absorb the blood of humans and cattle for sustenance. Yeah. The fate of Phil Schneider, however, adds to the level of interest and the extent into which intelligence agents were involved. Schneider spent the latter part of his life giving speeches but his alleged experience about his alleged experience at Dulce. He also said he was being watched by the government and that if he was ever found to have committed suicide, one would know he was murdered. In, 96, in 1996, Schneider was found dead with a quarter, cord of a catheter wrapped around his neck, and of course, it was labeled suicide. Now, another name involved in the, in, in, with this case of questionable providence was a security guard on base named Thomas Costello. Now, he was allegedly witnessed this project and saw local missing persons underground being experimented on greys. Costello says he witnessed the rising tension and paranoia between thousands of aliens and government employees in advance of the violent battle as well. But there isn't much else about him. Imagine being Thomas Costello. And he's seeing this, and he's seeing like the people that are missing from town. Yeah. He knows where they're going, but he doesn't want to see anything because he's going to get killed if he does. Yeah. And no one's going to probably believe you in. They're going to think that you're some like wackadoo. Like, hey, uh, Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith, I saw your daughter. Don't worry. She's only being experimented on aliens in the mountainside of Dulce, New Mexico. But as far as I know, she's alive. Mrs. Smith, I saw Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pig. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He's a pig boy. He's now. a pig boy now. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, I heard that the, the locals were talking about him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, well, well, go ahead, Steve. Why don't you take this more base proof? Further, further base proof. A little over a year ago, a local newspaper interviewed Dulce residents on the Jakara, Jakira Apache Reservation. Now, that's home to about 2,500 people. Residents of the town are quick to discuss their experiences, strange phenomenon, and sightings around the base, which is near the UFO highway. The town has embraced the UFO community and has become the next tourist stop after Roswell. One account from a state trooper in 1975 maintained the hype around Dulce. The trooper, Gabe Valdez, reported coming across a mutilated cattle carcass in a field outside of Dulce. Valdez said he discovered a fetus inside the cattle that he described as looking like a human, a monkey, and a frog. It didn't have any bones in the head. It was all full of water. He said what he saw looked like an incubation chamber for a cloned creature, much like the experiments purported to have been taking place deep below the ground. What What's weird, though, is if they have all these different levels inside Dulce, I wonder if these aliens that were incubating these bodies inside these cows were aliens that were not related with Dulce. Because why wouldn't they just bring the cow carcass in there, incubate it in there, and no one would see these creatures? Why would it have to be outside? You know? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were letting the cow the cow graze outside. I don't know why they would incubate a, whatever it was inside there. Well, maybe, maybe the human monkey frog is um, from like one of the benevolent races, and that if it actually fully incubates and becomes, it can be like the savior. It can take out the tall grays or something. Right, right, right. It could help the humans right. win the battle. Exactly. Now, um, Valdez, he, he said he believes that the UFOs he saw were not necessarily extraterrestrial, but highly advanced back-engineered craft, including silent but and also black helicopters. He also revealed that he has insight into what the military was researching at the base, but cannot disclose it for reasons unknown. Death. Could Val- <laughs> Valdez be Im- uh, implying that his discoveries uncovered some bizarre biological experiments conducted by the government? What do you think? Yeah. I think so, too. I think it's a yeah. I'd say it's a yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. So I think you could bring it on home here, Steve. A military intelligence conspiracy. The story of Paul Benowitz, a key figure in the perpetuation Perpetuation. Perpetuation <laughs> third time's a charm. That's right. Of the Dulce Air Force Base story. Adds another kink to the narrative. In the 70s, Benowitz researched clandestine government programs conducted at the Kirkland Air Force Base in Albuquerque. Benowitz's research revealed information he said made government officials nervous. To prevent him from further discovering secret programs, government operatives, namely Richard Doty, were tasked with feeding Benowitz false stories about alien bases in New Mexico. He says they employed the help of famous ufologist William Moore, who co-authored the Roswell incident. Doty and Moore, their efforts drove Benowitz to the brink of a paranoid insanity. It may seem that much of the propagation of the Dulce Air Force Base battle can be attributed to Benowitz and the government's insidious operation to subversely drive him insane. 
If Benowitz's story was proven to be fabricated by Doty, where does Schneider's story fit in? Was he also manipulated into believing the stories of Benowitz? Or was he uncovering other secrets the government didn't want him to know? One of the subjects Schneider often discussed, in addition to the Dulce story, was the government's black budget for classified programs. Was Schneider on the cusp of exposing nefarious government projects? Or was the government afraid he worked with the Soviets? Whatever the case, the implications of government foul play are evident. Very evident. And it doesn't say, it seems like anytime there's a, like anything going on, it's like, it seems like everyone wants to be, it's the Soviets. Oh, yeah, you got to throw the Soviets in <laughs> yeah. there, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if everyone thinks that this is a modern day thing where there's like, it was Russia, Russia was involved, nah, this is going back and it's even including aliens. Right, it goes the whole way back. And the fact that they said that they uh, purportedly created a weapon of mass destruction that the U.S. paid $38 billion to the Soviets for, yeah. I mean... The Soviet-American relationship is is always so connected somehow. Oh, it is. I mean, uh, Reagan and um, Gorbachev. Gorbachev, they were both Masons. They, they both did the Mason handshake when they were having their big meeting for uh, discussing the Cold War, which if you're familiar with the things that we talk about on this, the Cold War basically was just to have everybody paranoid and scared of nuclear war the whole time. They're f- trying to figure out this alien presence and everything else. I mean, then we have, you know, you got Nazis coming along who were having help from extraterrestrial races through remote viewing. I mean, it just goes on and on. Now, it doesn't surprise me here what it says, um, where they're talking about Benowitz and how does it impact Schneider and how does Schneider's story fit in? Well, it might not necessarily be within the the same confines of the same exact story because everything's so compartmentalized that Benowitz's right hand might not have known what Schneider's left hand was doing, but that's what they do so that not, nobody has all the information and nobody can share everything. But it sounds like Phil Schneider did quite the job and, uh, you know, luckily, thank God for him because... You know, we'd still be just thinking everything's just Area 51. It's a whistleblower, and you got to give them credit for it. You know, the government does a big smoke show where they're showing you something over here, but you're not really seeing what's going on over here. Yeah. So when somebody does see something and they say something, it matters to the rest of us. So continue to do that. Absolutely. So, well, that's our show for tonight. Um, great one. Love this topic. I've been following Phil Schneider's story for years, and we were able to actually drop it onto the podcast uh, for you guys all to enjoy. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did bringing it to you. And uh, we've got no shortage of, uh, of podcasts coming up. No big breaks coming up. Just more and more great information that you all need to know. Some fun topics coming up, too. Yeah, and I had a good time tonight how about you steve all right great time man thanks for having me yeah thanks for everything thank you to all of our listeners uh feel free to go out and visit our our facebook instagram page feel free to stop by itunes maybe give us a a nice five-star review it goes a really long way uh so we appreciate all of you guys and uh, until next time i'm volts and i'm steve and we'll see you next time take care one another bye-bye